Ron and Anian. Yeah, is there a light for the check engine light? Is there a check the check engine light light? I got the chop top slam down 49 Mercury Blue. The car doctor. I can rant about this all day. You buy an O2 sensor, they give you, oh, I don't know, two ounces of anti-seize, of which you use a schmear. Welcome to the radio home of Ron and Anian, the car doctor. Since 1991, this is where car owners the world over turn to for their definitive opinion on automotive repair. If your mechanic's giving you a busy signal, pick up the phone and call in. The garage doors are open, but I am here to take your calls at 855-560-9900. And now, here's Ronnie. I want to talk about the the dip in the road and what that dip does. And I've come to the conclusion the dip is created by a dope. I've seen it. I, I keep experiencing this, and I'll probably talk about this for a while yet. But today I just want to talk about it real quick because we've got a lot of calls already lined up today. Welcome aboard. Welcome to the car doctor, by the way. So the dip in the road, if, if you travel down Crescent Ave in Allendale, New Jersey, you'll come to a bridge that was washed out a couple of years back, and they rebuilt the bridge. And I don't know what the county spent. It was $4 million or some ridiculous amount of money that, that they spent. And, you know, there's a dip. You travel down, and it doesn't matter what speed you're going, all right? If you're in a plow truck, and I know this from experience, you can be doing 30 miles an hour and have the plow three-quarters of the way off the ground. Darn if the plow doesn't, and that isn't exactly what you say when you're not on radio, if the plow doesn't smack the asphalt because it's a ba-boop, one of those deals. You know, somebody didn't design that right. Somebody had to know that that was going to create a dip. But yet they built the thing anyway. They just kept putting it together. They couldn't get it straight. And the sad part is, for years to come, and maybe generations, as they continue to pave the road and and repave the road, that dip is always going to be there. Enter the Honda CRV. An 06 Honda CRV came into the shop this week, and Elizabeth has been trying to piece this car back together. Hardworking girl, she's she's a young woman, I should say. I apologize. She's you know trying to get it together and proceed down the road of life, no pun intended. And this 06 Honda is her means of transportation back and forth to her job, where she works very hard to take care of herself and her mom. And this 206,000-mile CRV that she's literally pieced together, she just they just paid somebody to put a transmission in it a while back, five, six months ago, that, you know, it was a used transmission. This is all she could afford. They put it together. They made it work. And, and here she is. She's on my doorstep now telling me about a, a, a hard cranking problem. It doesn't crank smoothly when it's cold, only when it's cold. So I, I, I work it to experience it. I, I get the problem. I make it happen. I go, yeah, this sounds like a starter issue of some kind. Got to take it apart. Probably going to put a starter in it. Take it apart, which is no easy task on a CRV because the geniuses at Honda decided that they were going to use a shoehorn and, and six pounds of wheel bearing grease to get the engine to fit into the compartment along with the starter, the intake manifold, the radiator, the trans, and everything else that they shoved in here so that when you wanted to work on anything, it was, unless you were changing the oil or the air filter, everything else is a pain in the neck. You don't, you don't say that word when you're not on radio either. So, took off the intake manifold, the air intake duct, took apart 
a bunch of little connectors that are 200,000 miles and 15 years old just kind of disintegrate in your hand. So it's a real great repair you want to do with, but you, you deal with it. It's, it. You fix the car in front of you, right? What I always tell you. And that's when I saw the dope. I mean, the dip. I don't know if it, I think they're interchangeable. I don't think it matters. The genius that put the starter in when he did the transmission left probably an eighth of an inch or more gap at one end of the starter. He put the starter in at an angle. Now, most people would, you know, straighten it out. You don't want to be a dope or a dip. And he just, ah, the heck with it, tighten the bolts. Whether he saw it or not, you had to see it. I mean, it was, you took the intake manifold off, you're looking at it. It would be like looking at the Grand Canyon, and all of a sudden somebody filled it into the point where all of a sudden there wasn't a gap anymore. Like, wow, what's, what's wrong with this picture? So I got the starter out, which was no easy task, because he really worked the bottom bolt. I, he really, I had to put, and I'm not kidding, I had to put, I have a, a 24-inch, half-inch breaker bar, courtesy of the folks at Snap-on, that I keep standing upright in my cart of doom when I'm going for the... And, and I mean, the bolt, the, the breaker bar was starting to bend, all right? Half-inch drive was... Thank God for CrossFit. Um, and, you know, and the bolt finally came loose. And then I proceeded over the course of 45 minutes to work the bolt out that just didn't want to come out. A little bit of spray, some PB blaster, soak it in, uh, work the bolt, PB blaster, work it in, breaker bar, you know, Got the bolt out. Took out three threads with it because they were bonded together because I think this guy thought he was tightening up the bolt that would hold the George Washington Bridge from New York to New Jersey together. He wanted to make sure it didn't fall out and get lost. So, and then it became, you know, re-thread the bolt, you know, working from an angle. You're sideways with a mirror and you're going this way. And But I looked at, I looked at the starter. It was in at such an angle that it actually wore the teeth of the starter at a little bit of an angle. Naturally, the angle would change, and it wore the flywheel at that same angle. You know, you had to see it. You know, and that's the problem. This is what auto repair is about, all right? You've got to approach auto repair just like the way you would build that road properly. You don't want to create a dip because it's going to be there, and it's going to affect people, and it's going to cost more money. I get it. The guys that made the road, they're on Crescent Ave. I get that that's going to cost money to fix. Do it right the first time. Take the extra five minutes, go back, straighten the road out, and make it right. Go back, put the starter in. Why doesn't it fit? It fit for me. As soon as I took the two bolts out, which was the bigger, the hardest part, I put the starter in. It has a little bit of corrosion around the case. I had to take a knife and scrape it out, man, and in it went. You don't want to be a dope. I mean a dip. Does it matter? You don't want to be one or the other. You don't want to create one. That's for sure. Because that's doing auto repair the wrong way. You want to do it the right way. Make sure the starter fits. Make sure the road is smooth because it's going to be there for a long time to come. Hello and welcome. Ron and Amy and the car doctor here at 855-560-9900. There are a lot of phone calls. I understand. Let's get over and start talking to people. Mark in Connecticut. Let's, uh, let's go, brother. How are you today? Not bad, not bad yourself. You're getting ready to yeah. go to sleep here for third shift. Yeah, I I, I understand. We, we we kept you up. We know we're uh, we understand you're a night worker. We appreciate you hanging on. So so let's talk about that transmission from last week. Got a lot. You know, it's funny. Certain things light everybody up. 
Uh, you know, yeah. you, you can tell what you can tell the listening audience because I, I got a lot of phone calls and emails over a Turbo 400 Trans in that tea yeah. bucket that wasn't working. It's the funniest thing. Um, you can tell who all the ex hot rodders are, and you can tell who all who drove the big block Chevelle in high school, right? It's just, uh, so, yeah, yeah, ah, uh, yeah. So uh, talk to me. What's on your mind? Well, um, after I was listening to you guys talk, I'm, you know, I got like partially into it because I was. Uh, on my way into work, I was pulling a double that day. So I'm like, I'm listening to him. I'm like, oh, man. I go, that sounds identical to the issue that I had. And I had it. Um, it's weird. I got a Turbo 400, but it's in a 79 Jeep J10 pickup truck. Because back then, you could either get the the, um, the torque flight transmission or the GM Turbo 400. You just made the case. Right. Buy all the guts for the. Turbo 400, and I've encountered it once before in a in a Chevelle, and um, I'm like I you know I tested the pump pressure and all that stuff, and thinking maybe it was a torque converter, and you know something you know maybe something getting stuck in the valve body or or, or, or even you know sometimes putting in that filter sometimes it can come unseated in there if it's not in there properly. Sure, yeah, and um, lo and behold. Both two times that I've encountered the issue was an accumulator pump piston was stuck. Um, was was stuck, so yeah. you're not able to build that pressure up to to move those four gears. And I'd put it in gear, and like it would sit for ten, fifteen seconds, and then it would kind of creep creep along. Yeah. I'm like, what the hell's going on here? I go and you know, the one time I basically ended up smoking the transmission because it was burning up the, the clutches, but it was a a good learning point when I um, had to rebuild my first Turbo 400. This was a little, it did the, 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 the actuator in there for the, in a spring and incubator pump wasn't, wasn't working right. And uh, that was causing my issues. And then I encountered it the second time. I'm like, you know what? I'm not going through all this problem. I went right to that pump piston before I ended up scattering the transmission. And that was the issue. It wasn't working right. Right. Um, yeah. Once I, you know, fixed that problem, you know, I, and I went through, I was throwing parts at everything, you know, torque converters, you know, the, you know, the the front pump and everything, and right. I was taking things down, looking at it, and then uh, on the first time I did it, and once I solved it the first time, I encountered it the second time, probably like ten or fifteen years later. I'm like, hey, let me check this out. It's funny. The, it's funny the life lessons you remain. You retain and remember working on a car, uh, right? Oh yeah, yeah. That was, that, you know, I was raised on. I mean, that's all I drive now. My wife drives a 2017 Toyota Sienna because we got the kids. I'm like, that's safe for the car. I drive my junk so that I can that don't have to go through emissions and I can work on them. It's got a carburetor uh, on it. Uh, how many miles your wife Sienna have on it? Uh, she's got close to forty eight thousand. Good. Miles on, we we got the extended, uh, you know, mileage on it because she does a, a driving. Now, we, now, we I, I don't want to give away this. Oh, she leased it. I was going to say leased, if she well, if she owns it, if you own it, I don't want to give away the second hour's opening. But if yeah. she if she owns it, well, if you podcast, if you can listen to the second hour open, I'm going to tell you a real world story about Toyota WS Transfluid. 
and uh, right. the, the problems that come up because uh, it's it's not bulletproof as everybody thinks. By the way, on a quick note before I go, and I appreciate your calling me, Mark. Do you know just a point of note, uh, point of interest? I don't know why I remember this, but I, I I do. In 1968, General Motors did a study on the life expectancy of a turbo 400 transmission, and they came up with it, it was going to go a predicted mileage of 250,000 miles. All right, yeah, and, and 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 they and they decided that that was too many miles, so they asked the engineers to step in, and by 1972 they had it down to a life expectancy of 110,000 miles. So the engineers, yeah. the engineer did this job and got a bonus. So uh, that's just. Yeah, we just we we just made things too well back then. Mark, I appreciate the call. Go get some sleep, brother. Have a good night shift tonight, and uh, we appreciate the input. I'm running any in the car, doctor. Eight five 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 six zero nine nine zero zero. Give us a call. Let's talk about it. I'll be back right after this. Keep Ron's number handy, 855-560-9900, for when you really need advice on your car. Here's Ron. Let's go over and talk to Larry in Iowa, 2011 GMC. Larry, welcome to the car doctor, sir. How can I help? Hey, Ron. Thanks for taking my call. You're welcome. Hey, um, I have, um, uh, it's a gas motor, so I have the 6L90 transmission in this. Okay. Um, so, like, the last last week, um, um, we had, like, zero and below zero weather. Um, when I was shifting into reverse and uh, or drive, you know, this is after the truck has sat overnight. So like when I'm uh, leaving for work in the morning. Um, so I would and there would be a delay engagement. Okay. Um, and, and and after the after it did it the first time, it wouldn't happen, you know, any other time throughout the day. Um, it was just like after the truck had sat for like eight hours. All right, and and it's it's both gears. Now, are you letting the are you letting the truck warm up? Which, by the way, yeah, if you are, yeah, I normally let it run for about five to ten minutes before okay. I take off. Yeah, so it's it's warmed up at that stage. There's no there's no dash warning lights on. There's no indication no. of. Um, no, not not for not for a transmission code. No, because because okay. I I do have a I do have a scanner that will scan all models, and I've I've never had a transmission code come up. Okay, so we the 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 good news is there's no fault codes. The bad news is there is. And how many miles are on this? Uh, just over a hundred, hundred and two. You know the the issue is this could be anything from a restriction in the filter. This is sort of like the last call, uh, but this could be a restriction in the filter. This could be an air leak up around the seal where the filter sits. Although it's not common, but it is possible. Uh, so this could okay. be a filter related issue. This could be hardening of the seals that okay. that are you know in the trans case itself because of the mileage. The fact that it happens reverse and first. You know, if this was a first gear only, I'd say maybe we've got a low sprag assembly or low low, low sprag gear assembly, first gear, something, you know, preventing it from happening. Uh, you know, okay. obviously it's got to go to a shop. They've got to do a pump pressure test. You know, what's pump pressure like? Maybe we have a pump issue. You know, the the, the question is, how bad of a delay is it? Five seconds, eight seconds? Um, I would say about three. I mean, you know, it doesn't, yeah, I, I would say three. Three's not a lot. It, it, you know, well, let me say it like this. Three-second delay, uh, and, and how long has it been doing this? 
Um, well, like right now, it, it's not like because right now we're in the 30s. Uh, right. We're heading up, you know, we're, it's getting warmer. Um, right now, it doesn't do it. It was just like when it was like zero or below. Okay. Did it just start this season or? Yeah. Well, I, I bought it in July. So I, I so this is the first winter I've had it. Okay. So, you know, I, I would say it like this. All right. And understand which way, where I'm coming from. You're not going to take the trans out and fix A or B. You're gonna you're gonna overhaul it, right? All right. right. So you know, do we want to do we want to deal with the three second delay under an extreme temperature condition as it sits, or pull the trans and spend thirty five hundred dollars? Okay. Uh, you know, it's kind of uh, you know, you sit there and you go, well, let's see, feed the kids, um, you know, sleep indoors. Uh, they don't need to be fed. Yeah, oh. you know, college. <laughs> who needs this? You know. Hey. Um, now we 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 could try some miracles in a can, as I refer to them. All right, okay. there are products out there that you know you've got a where are you Iowa? You got a you got a local O'Reilly yeah. Auto Parts. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, they've got a great chemical selection. Uh, perhaps they'll have something on the shelf. I'm thinking I'm looking for something that's going to be rated, you know, softens internal trans seals or restores internal trans seal seal. You know, re re okay. re remember, an automatic transmission is all hydraulic, right? Right. And, you know, it just I always think about the, the bulldozer you see working the side of the road when you're stuck in traffic on. Why do these guys have to work today? And the way that blade goes up and down and the hydraulic pistons go in and out. And, you know, that's all hydraulics and seals. If every once in a while you'll see one that's, you know, got, got a wet spot and it's leaking, just what an automatic trans does. The rubber seal wears out or the rubber seal loses its ability to maintain its seal. Uh, okay. You know, is there something that's going to help improve, you know, shift quality, hydraulic pressure, soften seals, seal to seal, if you want to, if, if I can say it like that. And okay. I, I know from experience, I've looked online at O'ReillyAuto.com. Um, I can imagine what the stores have in them. I would get out to my local O'Reilly Auto Parts. What do they have? It can't hurt anything. And I don't want to promote this as a way to fix it on a permanent basis. But if it can get you another twenty five, thirty thousand miles, fifty thousand miles, you don't know how long it's going to last. But you know, it's sort of right. like you and me, right? The truck's nine years old. At this age, I don't know how long I'm going to last. You don't know how long the truck's going to last. You you, you roll dice yeah. and you, you shoot for the best. Um, exactly. You know, uh, that would be that would be one way to approach it. Just trying to be dollar conscious, so that you're not, you know, just yeah. The easy thing is yeah, overhaul the trans. Um, the other answer is perhaps we could drop the pan, take a look at the filter. It probably wouldn't hurt to service it, do a fluid exchange, see what sort of improvement, if any, we get from that. But those are your two choices. I appreciate the call, Larry. I'm Ron Anany, The Car Doctor. I'll be back right after this. Ron and Andy, the car doctor, 855-560-9900. Winnie in New York City, you're on. What's going on? Hi there. Yes. Hi. Hi. Okay, my, I have two questions. First question has to do with a leak that was seemed to, that was in the trunk and the, where the donut is. Okay. And I just happened to see water on that piece that covers that whole floor. Right. And it was wet, and I just thought I had 
knocked over a bottle of a gallon of water, which I usually keep in the car. Right. Uh, so I thought that was it. And I didn't pay any attention. Then I ke- it kept being wet. So I said, let me look under this. So I looked under, and the whole donut area was filled with, with water. water. Right. Yeah. So I took it to the mechanic, a local mechanic around the corner, and he emptied all that water out. And he kept it, the car, and said that, you know, he said later that he took a hose and just went over, let the water run over the car for about half an hour. And he didn't, nothing happened. He didn't see a leak. Uh, so and I paid him $100 and I brought the car home. And of course, me, and then I just said, okay, it was fixed because I had to take it up to another place where they oiled it and dried it out and so forth because so that it wouldn't continue to rust. The wheel and the rim were rusted. Right. And the, the first mechanic said that the car had been sitting, the whole bottom of the car had been sitting in water. That's how much water was there. But the car is, I have not had the car anywhere other than my parking space for it to be sitting in any water. Okay. Um, so uh, then I, I thought it was repaired. So maybe three months later, I said, let me just check. And, and sure the water, enough, it's filled with water again. About a quart of water, no, just about a quart of a quart of water was down on you know the donut part, okay. and I just took it back to him again, and he says, "Well, I'll just have to check it again," and uh, he says, "I said, well, am I going to have to pay you again for this?" And then if it had to, if it's not repaired and I bring it back and I have to pay you again, he says, "Well, you know, we did most of it, which indicated he's going to charge me something." Right. And he never fixed it. I, so, I, I think the wisdom of Solomon is required in a situation like this, Winnie. And, 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 and here's why I say that. My, my first question to you is, is this your regular mechanic? you have a relationship with this guy? Uh, kind of. I have a couple of places that I go to for different things. Okay. He's so, done small things. He's not a big... He said I would have to take it to an auto. What do you call it? A Those, body shop? A body shop, right, yeah. Right. Yeah, so he's not that kind of a, a worker. Right. And, you know, this is... And, and you know, and... So, so, the, so the balance here becomes: What if he said to you, "Hey, Winnie, I can, I can work on this. I can give it my best shot, but I may or may not be able to get all of it." Would you have still paid him to look at it, to to, to try him? Uh, yeah, I would have. Okay, so pretend you did that; it'll ease your mind, because mm-hmm. the, the 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 issue really comes back to is: Can he and will he fix it? Water leaks are a pain in the neck. It's water. Water has its water has and finds its own level. Not the, not the lecture, but it's just. It's mm-hmm. just you, you just have to approach it a little differently. It's not like doing brakes or tires, something that has a fixed beginning and generally a fixed end. This can be an open-ended thing. There's no rule that says, A, there's more than one water leak, and B, it doesn't redevelop three months later. And It, it almost sounds like he fixed it, and then something else popped up because the well wasn't as full this time as it was the last time, right? That's the way you, that's the way you said mm-hmm. it. So, right, you yeah, know, think, nearly as full, right. yes. So think of it like that. It's um, a small leak, apparently. Right. Now, let me just say one thing. When I closed the trunk and I pointed it out to him and said, oh, no, I don't think that's it. When I closed the trunk, where the, where the trunk meets the car, you know, and once it's closed, that right. little the crease, I saw that on either side of that, on the, I saw two little holes. So I said, well, could that be it? He says, no, I, that's not it. Right. So, I mean, I just, right now, I just plugged it in with some more tight that, that, uh, play stuff. I just plug that in. Okay. So I don't know, you know, because it's just last week that I took it back to him. So I right. don't know whether that could be it, but it's a small leak, obviously. Yeah. And it's 2007, and I never noticed anything before. You one, know, of the, has- one of the one of the ways, and it's 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 a little it's a little I won't say dangerous, but it's a little different. I'm not sure how he does it. I mean, the way we do water leaks in the shop and have for years and years is, and you have to trust the guy you're working with. Is we lock somebody in the trunk. 
Uh, <laughs> and, you know, we'll put somebody in the trunk and we'll, it's not a question of hitting it with the hose hard. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we'll stand there with a the hose and hold your thumb over the hose and, you know, straight up and we make it rain on the car. You know, you have to kind of replicate, you know, the, the force of the water hitting the car as if it was out in the rain or out in weather. Because sometimes hitting water is a funny thing. You take a hose, spray it directly at a vehicle with a leak, it may not mm -hmm. go in. It doesn't find its way. You have to kind of let right. it have that natural progression and let it let it find its path. It's, it's like years ago when the Army Corps of Engineers changed the, I, I can't remember where, but somewhere they changed the, the direction or the position of the Mississippi. And then when the floods came, the water resumed back flowing the way it wanted to. You know, it's like, don't mess with God. Just let the water go where it wants. And that's sort of what it right. is like trying to find water leaks. Um, so we'll put somebody in the car. Where do we see the wet? The other thing he could try is, as a suggestion, if he's not aware, and I'm not trying to tell him or anybody how to do their job, we'll take flour and put flour down around the rubber seal and or just something that will get displaced and then, you know, close the lid, lift the lid. Is there a spot, an impression in the rubber seal that's, you know, still got flour on it such that we know the rubber seal isn't contacting the, the deck lid, uh, that, you know, there's no seal there. And then last... As crazy as it sounds, we see a lot of cars with water leaks, especially the Hondas, for some reason. And only they, in the trunk, not in the inside of right, the car. Right, right. Tell them to take a look at the taillights. We see a, a lot of Hondas with bad seals around the taillights, and it will leak water just like you're describing it. Hmm. So, okay. And, and um, no, nobody ever thinks to look at the taillights because they're looking up, not sideways. <laughs> uh, but, you know, the, the fact okay. is when the water runs off the car through that channel just under the deck lid on the body seam, it's directed mm -hmm. right at the top of the taillights, and it finds its... Remember, water water has a mind of its own. It's like a three-year-old. It's going to go where it wants when it wants. And, okay, uh, right, so he can charge me, and then I'll... And it, if that's not the problem, and I just pay him again. Right, right. well, it's... If, if I take it, it to the dealer, they're going to find a whole bunch of whatever, you well, know? Well, you know what? This is all about finding the guy that wants to fix it in that relationship. Water leaks are not easy. It's not, mm. it's, it's not unreasonable to ask. Now, in all fairness, he is also right... Body shops tend to have a better track record in some cases, not all cases, but body shops have to deal with more water leaks, I think, on a regular basis than mechanical shops in some instances. And, mm -hmm. it, you know, perhaps it is a body shop, a, a body shop type of repair. Only, you know, o only the attending physician, as I say, can make that judgment. Um, okay. So second question. Okay, second question. Um, uh, whew, my car is a 2007 Condo right. Accord. Right. It has not quite 40,000 miles. Okay. I'm in New York City, so I don't drive right. much. Right. And I was coming through the park last week, and it hit a big pothole, and it just splintered the whole tire, okay. one of the tires. Right. So I took it to the same mechanic around the corner, and he put the donut on. And, um, and he also told me that one of the other back tires was cracked. But, you know, so I, I took it up to this place in the Bronx and bought two, four new Michelin tires. Okay. Uh, and then the man says, well, you know, I said, well, can you just check since I hit that big pothole that nothing else is wrong with the, you know, the wheel, the, the brake, whatever the wheel is attached to. Right. And he said, no, there was nothing wrong. And then the head guy came over and he says, you know, I think you need, um, you need new struts. So I said, new struts? I said, well, I, my car doesn't bounce up and down. Right, why? The, so the, the, you're going to need new struts. So he ended up talking me into getting four new struts. Okay. Now, and I'm thinking, did I really need struts? Because, you know, the car is 40,000 miles, and I don't really drive it, and it, it was a smooth drive before. Right. 
you know, and the you know, and I know every time I seem to go to these larger places, they end up telling me I need something. And as a woman, you know, I said, yeah, well, you know, I don't no, want a problem. I, I so go ahead. You know, the question this bill the, was seventeen hundred dollars. Yeah, I'm sure. And the question is, you know, what did he see in the strut? There's, there's, there, there's, there's two, three, re two to three reasons why you know struts are there. A is ride, and you, you picked it out, right? You know, how does the ride fit? Uh, you know, are the struts, are any of the struts leaking? Is there any physical damage to them that they're displaced? And, you know, see, maybe they shot the alignment after they did the tires and they saw something out of line that had to be corrected by replacing a strut. You know, it's, 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 it's any combination of those, but, you know, it's easy enough to prove. Here's the physical damage. Here's the alignment specs. This is what it's supposed to be. This is what it is. Something's bent. It has to be replaced. You know, or here's the ride quality. So, well, you know, and yeah, you can't at this point. It's already done. I think, you know, in, in yeah, the situation yeah, where... Next time, that's the you know right. Well, and, and you know, always remember one of the problems with auto repair, and uh, the the boys aren't going to like it when I say this, but in a lot of places, it's 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 they're on a commission basis, and we all know that, right? And you know, it's it's not something you really want to go through. Everybody's trying to sell something because everybody's trying to buy that next piece of lawn furniture. One of the things I always try to encourage people to do is find one mechanic. You know, the nickel or, or $10 or $50 you save by going to this guy who's cheaper than that guy, but that guy does this cheaper. You know what? It all comes out in the wash. And uh, not to lecture, but it just does. It's, it's, it's better to have that relationship with one guy that you trust, that you know, that makes sense, that's not going to sell you, well, unfortunately, $1,700 worth of struts that you may or may not need because now you're going to think about that. Try to think about it, Winnie. Go see the other guy about the water leak in the trunk. Explain it to him the way I explained it to him. And uh, if you need something, you know where to find us. I appreciate the call. 855-560-9900. The car doctor's coming back right after this. Dodge Caravan. Paul, go. I got three minutes. Yes. Hi. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yes, sir. Uh, the Dodge 2012 Dodge Grand Caravan, about 105000 Um I bought it not quite a year ago. I didn't get it off the lot too far, and the engine light come on, so I took it to a parts uh, place, and they put the diagnostic on it. It come back as the number two cylinder was misfiring. Okay. He said it could be the spark plug or the coil. So I replaced all six spark plugs just because the car was new to me, and I put a new coil on that number two cylinder, and it did take care of the problem. Okay. A uh, little while later, five, six hundred miles later, the light come back on again. So brought it down again, and the guy said, well, geez, same thing, number two cylinder. He said it could also be the uh, injector. So I put a new injector on that number two cylinder. Um, and, and this keeps happening every so often, and the light's on again. I didn't bring it down this time, but I'm 99% sure it's going to say the same thing, number two cylinder misfiring. Right. And what else could be going on? And this is a 3.6 liter, I'm assuming. Yeah. yeah. Um, have you seen any of the information from Chrysler regarding this? No. Uh, let's see. There's a bulletin, if I remember correctly, out there that talks about this particular problem. Actually, there's more than a few. 
um, 09-002-14, there's a revision A, there's a revision B, where they talk very clearly about, you know, and you go through the routine, maybe not necessarily changing parts, but you would swap spark plug, you would move injector around, you would do some mechanical tests, and that's probably the next step where somebody's going to do a mechanical compression test and a cylinder leak-down test, and they are, they are likely going to find that the cylinder leak-down test fails because the exhaust valves are carboned up. And the or they're you know they're pitted they're so you know it's Chrysler has extended the warranty on the cylinder heads and that bulletin talks about it I think unfortunately I'm trying to remember if it's a hundred thousand miles or a hundred and fifty thousand miles so you may be in it or you may just be out mm -hmm. uh, you've got to get your hands on that bulletin again oh nine double oh two fourteen B and A um, actually if you if you Somebody has Chrysler service information. If you just plug in P0302, year, make, model, and start looking through bulletins, it'll come up. It's, it's, it's all over the place. It's like a rash. Wow. Um, a lot of conversation about it. Now, uh, you know, obviously we're talking about somebody with a better skill set than just a parts house that's plugging in a scan tool and saying, yeah, it's a misfire. We'll try this and this and this. Mm -hmm. Somebody needs to diagnose it. Now, you know, some of the solution might be, that and it depends on the severity of it that you know carbon deposits on the valves may be able to be repaired and depends if it's carbon deposits on the intake valves you know a, a, a fuel tank added a Berryman fuel system cleaner in the tank would likely take care of it or at least help it could mm. um, exhaust valves exhaust valves are a problem for any kind of fuel tank cleaner or additive because that's after the combustion cycle and, oh, yeah. and, and the cleaners so what you could do is and you just keep this in the back of your mind and I'm not saying run out and buy a can of this and try it but keep this as part of the solution you know if you're out of warranty and you got to pay for this it's going to be expensive if you want to try yeah. something simple um, berrymanproducts.com go look at their 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 top end engine cleaner it's a pour in that you will you know pull the plugs crank the engine around open the exhaust valve on the, on the problem cylinder and fill it up and to the point that it will soak you get the idea you're kind of sticking your finger down into the solution that's in the cylinder and let it soak overnight and what that will do is that could possibly dissolve carbon deposits on the exhaust valve to the point that it solves the problem but it will it will you know give you a direction now do you have to do the heads or not but you're only going to do all this after somebody does some mechanical compression tests and a cylinder leak down test and you're likely to find Berryman fuel system cleaner at O'Reilly Auto Parts um, online at O'ReillyAuto.com good luck to you Paul I'm sorry to hear of the woes this could be an expensive repair time for some diagnosis like I said 855-560-9900 the car doctor's cruising back right after this boy it was like this I started the hour and then whoosh, here we are like you know just uh, so it's 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 like you know were we in a time machine a DeLorean or something we went 88 miles an hour and we just shot to the future I blows my mind how fast the hours go by doing this radio show um, just a point and you know <laughs> I I got to tell you Car Doctor Nation we really appreciate how much you guys love us and we we feel the love each and every week so obviously there's a podcast problem. All right, and uh, to clear the air and to make sure everybody's aware of it, there is a podcast problem. Yes, we are aware of it. No, it's not anything to our knowledge that we did. We walked into studio last week, and all of a sudden this problem was glitching that the bunch of things were going on without getting technical. Passwords were changed, and all of a sudden they're not archiving the show and distributing the show properly. Uh, for the record, we've contacted Spreaker twice now. We've had 
two email com well two we sent out two emails we've had one conversation uh from an order taker basically that seems to think well you know just send us a bunch of information and you know we'll get back to you well you know what we're still standing here with our hand on our backside waiting um we appreciate your responses out there folks we feel your pain uh, we ask you to hang in there with us it's something that we're working real hard to resolve behind the scenes and uh, we may be making some changes as a result, but we, we know it, we're aware of it, and we love you for your concern. I'm Ron Anady in The Car Doctor, reminding you once again, good mechanics aren't expensive, they're priceless. See you.